Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What is going on? Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. Actually, you're going to join a whole bunch of people. It's not just me. You're going to hear from an assortment, including some of the kids. So anytime I ask my, you know, my social media following, which I hope is you, I hope you're following me. I always say, or I ask, I pull my audience regularly, at least once a week. I say, what are you struggling with? What's something that we maybe you've talked about on the show and you want us to take a different angle or something that you think we haven't explored? Like what is bugging you this weekend? This one always comes in the top five and it's parenting. Now, I don't know if you're a parent, but even just hearing these conversations, you were parented by somebody and maybe they didn't do a great job of it. So this is going to be interesting to anyone who's a human because you either are a parent, you hope to be a parent in the future. At the very least, you were the product of parenting. Maybe that parenting was done by a grandparent or your own parents. And it's just interesting to hear an episode like this where you hear from kids and you hear from other parents and some experts on how all of that affects us as adults and the impact that we can have on our kids as adults. So interestingly, you know, last week I had kind of a a medical emergency and I didn't get to go back and see my parents and they were bummed. But even the way they handled that was a lesson to me in how to parent my own kids. They didn't make me feel guilty. They didn't make it about them. And I think a lot of parents do that. Like the first thing they did was like, listen, you need to take care of yourself. We want you healthy. I told them, you know, how bummed I was. I wasn't going to be able to spend time with them. And they were just doing their best to reassure me. They didn't make me feel guilty about the fact that I I couldn't go back and visit them even once my infection was better. And so it was just a lesson in parenting. And my dad, ironically, in that phone conversation just said, you know, we were so, so worried about you. And I'm like, dad, I'm fine. He's like, Shalene, once you're a parent, you're never done worrying. You're never done parenting. You just will never relax again, (laughs) was what he said. And it's kind of true. I mean, we're here in New York City. Our kids are adults. Both of them got married this year. And we're here for this like transitional stage, which is pretty rare, I think, to be in the same city that your kid is moving to. It's just kind of coincidental that Sierra's moving to New York and I happen to be here for my surgery and we get to be here during Christmas. So it feels like we are kind of giving her a soft send off, if that makes sense. But yeah, I'm worried. I'm questioning whether Brett and I did the right things. Have we prepared her the right way? Have we, you know, set her up for independence? Should we not be here this month? Are we seeing her too? Like all the things you just question yourself because it still has an impact on your kids. So regardless of the stage or the age that your kids are in, it's a relationship 
How we interact with people affects people. It can affect people in a positive way or a negative way. And this is especially true when it's our own children or our parents. And so today in this episode, what you're going to hear is snippets, kind of a compilation of the very, I think, most useful advice, feedback, and insight around parenting. You're going to hear interviews with my kids, interviews with other parents. You're going to hear interviews with Brett and interviews with experts. All right, so let's get to it. I really need you to hear this. You do not get a redo when it comes to raising your kids. The days feel endlessly long. You feel like everybody is flying by you. It feels like you will never be able to live your purpose. Your business will never grow to the size that you want it to be. You'll never be able to do all these cool things that all these other people are doing. That You'll never have you know, the body you want because you're so busy with your kids you don't have time to go to the gym or the career or the notoriety or the fill in the blank. But here's the deal. The moments with your kids are going to go by Those moments are going to go by slow for sure. But the years happen so fast. I can't even believe I'm here. And every time you say yes to something because you think, well, I might not get this opportunity again, that is scarcity mindset. I just want you to remember that better fitting opportunities, bigger blessings are coming your way. So honor your priorities. What's something that we did that you think, oh, that was a good parenting thing and I'll probably do that too? Ooh. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is like how you always encouraged us to do like whatever we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like you were very open with like whether Sierra, I think of Sierra really specifically like wanting to do acting or track or soccer oh, yeah. or dress like a boy or dress like <laughs> a girl or, you know, like she could just kind of do whatever she wanted. Yeah. You didn't feel like you could. <laughs> I felt like I could. I just kind of chose the family business. Yeah? Yeah. What's the family business? (laughs) Football and social media marketing, it seems. (laughs) Did you feel like you couldn't stray? No, I felt like I could. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You just wanted to be the golden child? (laughs) Yeah. The oldest? Yeah. It's pretty tough. I liked those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a question I have. Mm -hmm. Like, we weren't really strict with you, wouldn't wouldn't you say? No, you weren't. So then I, I was such a bad kid. How did you end up, like, not doing all the bad things? Because my parents were from like... What, from what I learned, yeah, I didn't do the bad things because I didn't want to break the trust I was given. I felt like I was ah, given the trust. Yeah. And so I felt like I don't want to break it. And then also I had a lot of role models who I looked up to, specifically like high school football players. And I was constantly mm-hmm. kind of being fed this narrative of like who the good players are and who the maybe not the best players or just the players who, you know, they had a lot of potential, but were squandering that for other things you know mm-hmm. they were being they were being the rebellious teenagers and that was hurting you know their chances of playing in college or whatever and so, so us talking about that a lot i wouldn't say oh you just seeing it just seeing it and being around dad and kind of the football team mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of my childhood that affected that we asked sarah to come in here yes we think she will she, don't I, tell her what i'm asking okay Sarah. she'll be like oh, it's gotta be in her terms we'll see keep your fingers crossed Hello. Hello. What is something that we did as parents that you were like, that's probably a good thing. I'll I'll probably do that too. Everything. (laughs) Good answer. 
<laughs> no, really, you have to tell me because I'm going to tell like you what your... specific one thing? Yeah, do you want me to tell you what your brother said? Sure. Okay. Brock said that you... <laughs> this is really funny. You encouraged us to do anything we wanted. Like, you let Sierra dress any way she wanted. You let Sierra do the things that she wanted to try. You let Sierra take acting. Oh, and I'm like, wrong. so what about you? And he goes, well, I just chose not to. I'll just do one that sticks out right now. Uh-huh. Doing... Not adult things, but, like, forcing us to talk to adults and handle our own situations, even though you guys were, like, right behind us. But we would have to go and talk. Do you remember the first time we made you do that? I don't remember the first time, but I remember the last time. What was that? The last time I was, like, didn't want to, if that makes sense. Was when I bought my car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, like, talking to people. I remember that. Like, concierge on the phone. Yeah. Or handling things. Yourself. That sounds like such a, a white rich kid problem. Like talking to the concierge. <laughs> but I remember. I like, yeah. I remember sending you up to the counter at some burger joint. I don't remember where we some were, but like burger joint. Yeah, because I remember like your your burger like had pickles on it or something, and you were very young. And I was like, well, then go up go to the up counter to, yeah. and tell. And you're like, I don't want to. Can you? It's like, no, you you can yeah. go do that with manners. That's a good point. Teaching you to handle your own business. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you so much for your cooperation, your time and consideration in this matter. Love you. Love you. From a psychological standpoint, the following are poor parenting traits. These are the type of parenting habits and traits that produce anxiety, depression, and all kinds of problems. Oh, my child is so resilient. Once that so resilient child is an adult, that's when these problems surface. So what are they? competing with your kids. Either you're competing with them, like they can do well, but they can't outdo what you've ever done. Like this narcissism where you want to keep them down. Ridiculing children, belittling them, teasing them, calling them names, embarrassing a child, shaming a child. Doing comparisons, comparisons between your child and a sibling, your child and another kid on the team, your child and yourself. Uh, Minimizing their dreams, their hopes, discouraging them, telling them that they need to have limiting beliefs, you know, that we don't do those kinds of things. Our family isn't made of money. Our family doesn't do that. Everyone in our family is poor or everybody in our family is overweight or the women in our family all get divorced. You're giving them limiting beliefs. Talking about your child's appearance, positive or negative, too much talk about appearance, even those subtle little digs like, oh, honey, are you sure you want to eat that? Are you sure you want to wear that? That hurts. I just want to caution you because when our anxiety levels are high, when we're just feeling things that we don't want to feel, it isn't uncommon for many of us to want to self-medicate, whether that's having, you know, a couple of extra adult beverages at night or I don't know, whatever it is you choose to self-medicate with, there are healthier alternatives. Consider the risks that are involved when you turn to something that can be addictive in nature. Even if you're like, well, I'm not addicted to it or I don't have a problem with it. Just be aware that there are healthier ways or all natural ways to calm yourself and to feel better. And for many people, that happens to be CBD. Now, the CBD that I tend to recommend is one that does not have THC. And For me, that is the safest thing I feel comfortable talking about with my audience. And I've done the research and the company that I recommend for you, my listener, is Soul CBD. And that's for a couple of reasons. Most importantly, there's no THC. 
So you can't get high. It doesn't have any of those qualities. And it helps by recalibrating your central nervous system to homeostasis. One of the reasons why you hear all these kind of seemingly crazy claims about CBD is that it has an overall impact on our nervous system. What we do know is that CBD affects the CB1 receptors as well as the serotonin receptors in the brain. There's still a lot to learn about how CBD can improve your health, but what we do know is that it does impact serotonin. And serotonin is one of the things associated with depression and anxiety. While I'm not suggesting that you can stop taking your Zoloft or your Prozac or or anything else for that matter that you might be taking on a prescription basis, I am, however, really encouraged about this all-natural alternative. So as you can imagine, that's going to improve a lot of things. For some people, they could feel a major improvement with their sleep or anxiety. Some people, it's energy, inflammation, pain. So consider if you are looking into using an all-natural product to help you with your anxiety. If you haven't yet tried CBD, I would highly recommend you try My Soul CBD. That is the brand that we use. Their ingredients are triple lab tested. It's USA grown. It's organically farmed. It's gluten-free. They've got gummies, which are super convenient for travel. They've got drops you can put under your tongue. I personally love the lemon drops, because I can just put them in my water and then I don't even notice it. I personally don't struggle with anxiety, so I can't speak to that personally, but I can tell you I have a lot of friends who do and they swear by CBD. The brand to buy, My Soul CBD. Try yours now and the whole line of CBD products by going to mysoulcbd.com. Again, it's mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. And that's the important part because that's gonna give you 15% off automatically at checkout mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. All right, back to the show. What is the biggest mistake that we can make when we do mess up? Like what's the number one, like don't do this? You know, one of them is when we explain why we did it. So Mm. I'm sorry that I did this. The reason I do it is because when I was growing up or because, you know, this happened at work and, And when we do that, while those reasons might be valid, the message it's sending your child is, this isn't about you. It's not about your feelings Mm. or what you're going through. Again, this is about me. And that's what I hear over and over again is, you know, my parents, you know, they they acknowledged it or they said they were sorry, but they make, my parents always make everything about them. Even when their parents share that they feel guilty, again, it might, she's making it about her. He's making it about him. Okay, Shaleen. My 14-year-old claims that she's the only person in her whole school who does not have a phone. <laughs> That's funny. Her father and I have been trying to hold out. She has a laptop. She has an iPad. So she's able to communicate with her friends in that way. And we do let her spend some time on technology. I just don't know why she needs a phone. And I'm not sure at what age we should let her have one. Well, first of all, I mean, yeah, that's pretty crazy that you've been able to go that long without giving her a phone in today's day and age. I mean, I know it happens. My friend Monica, who's got triplets, her kids didn't get a phone until when they turned 15. And I think they were like the last 15 year olds on the planet to finally get a phone. But, you know, here's the reality of it. What are you trying to protect them from? If you're trying to shield them from social media and the things that they can see online, newsflash, 
they've already seen it. They've already seen it on their friends' phones. You're not sheltering them from any of those things. When they're at school, they're looking at their friends' phones. They're seeing everything that you don't want them to see. They're already seeing it. That sucks, I know. But that's just the reality of it. If they have an iPad, they have everything that you don't want them to have on a phone. They have access to the internet. They have access to apps. They have access to adult content. I mean, unless you're really putting in some safeguards, which there are lots of them you can place on your phones. But most people are not. And even if you are, that doesn't protect your children from seeing the things that are on their friends' phones and their friends' digital devices and on your laptops. And I mean, the Internet's a scary place. I hate to think at what age my kids saw things just because there's an Internet, right? Like we And we really tried to do our best to monitor that and to be aware of what they were looking at and to have set up rules and policies. But... We didn't helicopter parent them. And I I just knew that they're going to see things. And so we had those conversations. My question is, what is it you're trying to protect her from? That's number one. And number two is, what are you telling her about your trust, right? Like if that's the norm and she's already got an iPad and she's already got a desktop and she already has all these friends who have phones, are you trying to tell her you don't trust her? I mean, or is that the message you're sending her, I should say? And frankly, my thing was, I couldn't wait for my kids to have phones. I mean, I don't even remember what age we gave them phones. Back then, they were like, they weren't iPhones. They were like, I forget what we called them, but they weren't iPhones. So they couldn't go online and stuff, but we could figure out where they were. My thing was, I always wanted to have a a way to track them if they had been abducted. I wanted to make sure they had a way to call us if they were at a friend's house at a sleepover and they weren't comfortable or if they were ever in a situation where they wanted mom and dad to come and pick them up. Like that was really important to me. So I don't know what the right age is, but I would say it's probably different for every kid. And we should trust our kids until they give us a reason not to. With a caveat, of course, knowing that they're not adults, so they're not equipped to make adult decisions. But it is our job to teach them how to make the right decisions and how to deal with the consequences and how to make informed decisions as opposed to making decisions for them. I purposely showed you a lot of affection Mm -hmm. all the way through, whether it was hugs or our secret little handshake. Right. So we had we had just little things. And, I, and it wasn't just affection when, you know, like after a game, like, hey, honey, come give me a hug. Yeah. Or, you, you know, it was before she went to school. After Every school. night before bed. Yeah. yeah. And whenever she went off to do a competition. So it was like you needed to get that hug and that handshake before you even competed. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And I just thought that was, you know, especially at that early age when when they're like 10, 11 and things are kind of like. We're noticing boys and how should they treat you? And, you know, you know, little squirrely teenage preteen boys are like, you know, gross and, and they like to gross. and stuff like that. So you got to interact all that stuff. You got to show got to show your daughter affection. So that was one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good because I said affection. So I wasn't looking for validation from boys at a young age, like the handshakes. Like I needed the pre handshake before I raced or else I didn't feel like secure. I felt bad if I left the house and I wasn't like, love you, dad. Yeah. But also on affection, because affection can be both like physical, the touch, but just also that, that I was around too. I made sure that I was around at your things when you were, 
you know, it was always very important for your mom and I both to be at present to, you know, at your games or events or plays or gymnastics or anything like that. Yeah, it's funny because whenever I talk to friends about like the four love languages or the five, I forget how many there are, but mine, I always say mine's never like one of my lowest is physical touch. But I say for my dad, it's like the only person that it is my love language is physical touch, which is funny. So, I mean, that helps like I don't need it from any other anyone else. (laughs) Sorry, truth bomb. You know, everyone's so quick to say. No one should make you feel guilty. I agree. But sometimes the guilt we feel is our conscience trying to tell us something. It's our job to influence our children, to give them the best possible chance. And in order to have influence, we need time and attention. In order to influence your child, you need to be present and around them enough to have an influence on them. How much time? That's up to you. There's lots and lots of people out there who are of the mindset that it is quality over quantity, and that is your decision. I think it's pretty clear for Brett and I, it was both. And we we knew we had a limited amount of time with them, and we wanted to eat up every single possible second of that. But that's also kind of how our parents work. So important for you as parents and to co-parent is that you really need to communicate and you really need to consult with your spouse before talking to your child about anything major. Shalene and I do this all the time. We talk about who would be the best person to talk to the child, you know, about a certain situation. A lot of times, if one of us had something that happened to us in the past or something that happened to us as a child that we can draw on our experiences, then that parent usually takes the reins there and says, you know what, I'm going to go talk to son or I'm going to go talk to daughter. And we don't script it, but we go over like the key points that we want to get in, that we want to touch upon and really kind of go over all the pros and cons that we're going to talk about with our child before we do so. And I think that's really important because now you're on the same page so that there's going to be no confusion. There's absolutely zero confusion when you have some communication or you consult with your spouse before you go ahead and talk to your son or your daughter. That's rule number one. I'm actually on I'm in our bedroom here again in New York City, and I'm looking out onto this amazing view. Like, it is so cool. I freaking love it. And I am wearing my new champagne-colored robe. It's the most beautiful, thick, silk, comfy, like, luxurious robe I've ever owned, I swear to you. And it's made by Blissey. You might remember that like a couple weeks ago, I told you about this spray that I found that I've been spraying on my pillows and the eye mask that I use and the silk pillow case, right? Like, so I'm trying to improve the quality of my hair and everyone's been raving about like, or saying, you you know, you really need to switch to a silk pillowcase. And I'm like, really? Does it really make that big of a difference? I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but... I feel like it's changed the health of my hair. I don't wake up in the morning with my hair like in a big knot. And so it's this blissy pillowcase. And then I've been spraying my pillowcase 
with this, it's like a eucalyptus spray. It's insane. It makes your bedroom smell like a spa. And so I just ordered one of their robes and I reached out to them and asked them if they would be a show sponsor, to which they agreed. Just letting you know, if you've got to buy gifts for any women, there is no better time than right now to go and check out their website because they've got so many cool things. Like, And they've got tons of raving fans besides me. And they also have a risk-free 60-night guarantee that you can try, like whatever it is, a robe or a pillowcase, whatever. Okay, and get this. For a limited time, Blissey is giving my listeners an additional 30% off. That's a total of 55% off. What the what? Yes, plus free shipping. 55% off plus free shipping. Hello, go there. What do I recommend you get? I mean, this robe is next level. Champagne, the color champagne looks good on freaking everybody. If you're a blonde, it's a must have. If you're a brunette, you look gorgeous in it. Like everybody looks good in the color champagne. I don't know what it is. It's like, I think that color and lavender are two colors that everyone looks good in. So get yourself a champagne colored robe if you're gonna get something for yourself. And then get your girlfriend, like they've got these little packages that you can get now. Maybe it's... I don't know if it's just for the holidays that they're doing this, but they've got these packages where you can get like a headband and a sleep mask and a pillowcase, like a bunch of different options. Everything's amazing. Did I already mention the spray? Like the spray, you will be addicted. You won't be able to sleep another night without spraying it on your pillow. Anyways, I'm super pumped. The link is in the show description or just go to B-L-I-S-S-Y.com forward slash Shalene. Use code Shalene. That gets you 55% off. That's insane. Stock up. Teaching them that they can't trust themselves by being a helicopter parent, tying your kid's shoes, picking out their clothes long after they can do it themselves, which frankly you'd be surprised how young a child can actually do this. Hovering over them, not allowing them to make mistakes and figuring out that like, hey, we're going to survive this. Just be honest. Tell me what happened. We'll figure it out. Letting them figure it out. Not going in to talk to their teachers to see if they can get a higher grade. Oh my gosh. You did not do that. You did not do that. You didn't. You did? No, no, you can't fix life for your kids. They're going to have to go out into the world and fix these things themselves. So you're not doing yourself any favors. You know what you're doing? You're giving them anxiety because they are so nervous now that they won't be able to handle things themselves because mom always handled it for them or dad always fixed things. Heidi, we've done a lot of podcasts here about parenting. I was always really reluctant to do any shows on parenting until my kids were older. And by older, I mean, they were like later in high school. And even then I'd be like, oh, please, I just know this podcast is going to come out. And then tomorrow they're both going to get arrested for like bank robbery or something, you know? So it always kind of made us nervous to talk about parenting. We always made it really clear as you and your husband do on your podcast, which we will put a link to in our show notes that we're not experts, but here's Mm -hmm. what we did that worked. So what were some other things that you instilled in them? Okay, so I'm from Louisiana and Mark was born in New York City. And the drastic differences in the two places, because my whole family lives in Louisiana. So my kids grow up going back and forth often, realized that there was that balance and they could spot it. You know, they could Mm. feel it like it was different. That's that part of it. And then just being from Louisiana, like everybody had chores. They still have chores. Well, Dixie lives on her own. So 
I don't really have that there. And she pays all her own bills. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But for Charlie, she still lives at home. She has chores. There are things they expect. And that this is something we always told them. There are things you are expected to do to be a part of this family. Like, we're not just going to have freeloaders here. Like, we do a lot for you. And we always reminded them of that. Like, obviously, that's our job right? We are, we wanted to have kids. We want to do, and we do a lot of really fun things and always have, you know, that's a given, but we need you to like carry your weight in the house. We have dogs. They need to be fed if I'm busy. Or we also set them up to win. We would put things in place that would help them. Like, listen, today, I know you're back to back. You have school and dance. You have a test tomorrow. You know, I got you covered, you know, and we always kind of just had each other's back. It is my belief that you don't necessarily have to have your child buy a car. But Brett and I did. We had our kids buy cars. Not that we think everyone needs to have their kids buy their own cars, but we do believe, and it's my opinion, that you are going to teach your child that they can do for themselves if you teach them how to do for themselves. And most importantly, when it comes to finances and money. You want to teach your kids that they have the ability to make their own money, not to support themselves because obviously you're the parent, that's your job, not to have a full-time business because kids should be kids. But I do think every child needs the experience of learning how to create their own income, make their own money, whether that's reselling their old shoes or their old video games or things that they're not using or doing chores or activities around the neighborhood that help neighbors out, like whatever it is. You want to teach your child, all right, set a goal for yourself, this thing that you want to buy, whether that's a car or a iPhone or something that's really important to them, that it would be very easy for you to provide it for them. But in just giving your child that thing, you're not giving them the experience that they can do for themselves. And again, ultimately, we want to raise children who are confident and self-sufficient and believe in themselves. And us just repeating that phrase over and over again, you can do anything, you need to believe in yourself. Like those are just words. Kids need that experience. They need evidence. They need to know, yeah, my mom and dad said I could do this, but I actually did it. And I feel pretty good about myself. And that will encourage them to try it again. It will give them the peace of mind to know that they are never without options. Today, anyone can make money online without any income to start with, without having to make an investment. Your kids already know how to do this. I guarantee you this. Set them up for that, though. And the next time they ask for something major, whatever that is, I don't know what that's going to be. My suggestion is to get excited and say, yeah, I think that's awesome that you want a new iPhone. That's great. So how much are they? Okay, cool. So let's come up with a plan for you to make that money. Cause that would be really amazing for you to be able to, you can just buy it yourself. How cool would that be? Oh, you want that kind of a car when you're 16? That's a great idea. Let's come up with a plan and let's figure out how you're gonna make that money. Cause you can do it. Maybe you're matching, you know, a percentage of their investment or what it is they save. But most importantly, you're giving them that firsthand experience, that evidence that they in fact can do anything they set their minds to. Okay, so I think almost every parent has 
had like a really horrible day and there's other things going on and then your kids do whatever and then you just lose it on them. I mean, I can specifically remember like the car I was driving in and the age that my kids were to this day, I still have guilt and it haunts me. What's the right thing to do? Well, I think when they're really young, I I think it can really at any age, but depending on how well they, you know, they understand your language, but it's sending them the message, always keeping in mind, you know, it's not what you tell kids, it's what they experience. So we have to make sure that we hold ourselves accountable and always be, you know, the minute we, before we pick them up, if we had a hard day, being aware that it was a hard day Mm -hmm. and already anticipating that we're going to be calm and watch what we say, et cetera. But once that happens, it's sending them the message that because kids are going to fill in the gap. We all fill in the gap growing up in terms of what things mean. So it's sending them the message that your explosion or your anger or frustration, it isn't because of anything they did. It's because of what you're feeling and your inability to field your emotions differently or whatever, however you want to put it. Because mm-hmm. if, you don't, if we don't fill in the gap for kids, they're going to automatically, the psyche is going to do it for them. They're going to automatically form a belief. What does this say about me? It's my fault. I've done something wrong. I should have known better, what have you. We always want to fill in the gap because all kids will always internalize and personalize everything that happens and that it's their fault. Even when it seems so logical to us that they know it's not their fault. We still so- want to fill in the gap. Is your recommendation then that we apologize to them and explain that this wasn't about you? I mean. Yeah, it wasn't anything you did. Right. It didn't have anything to do with them, but it still affected them. Mm -hmm. So So in other words, apologize to them without making excuses, but also give them enough explanations so they truly do understand this isn't your doing. This isn't your fault. Exactly. And that, and we don't want to make promises that we can't keep such as, and I'm, I'm never going to do that again, because then we lose our trust. And I'm going to work on this all the time. Ah. I'm going to work on this so that I can learn not to do this, because this is something you should never have to deal with. Listen, we're going to mess it up. We were definitely not perfect parents, but we definitely did our best. And we read every parenting book we could get our hands on. To this day, I still listen to parenting podcasts. I still listen to relationship books. And I listen to those books thinking, how can I improve my marriage? How can I improve my relationship with my adult children? How can I be a better role model to them? How can I help them to be better in their relationships? Like it doesn't go away. When your kids are adults, which mine are now, you're still having to be a great parent. It's important. There's still work to be done. And when you do that work, it improves your relationship with your children and it improves your children's relationship with their partners and their belief in themselves. And that's why we did this. It's the legacy, right? Well, I hope this has been helpful. I'd love to hear your thoughts and if this brought up anything about your own parents or maybe some things that you think you could do differently with your kids. We talk about this stuff inside my private Facebook group. I'd love to invite you. It's for anyone who listens to the show, Build Your Tribe and The Shaleen Show. Just go to Facebook and type in Shaleen's Pod Squad, and that's where we talk about this stuff. I'd love to have you there. But I'm very happy to have you here. 
Thank you for all the reviews. You guys are so amazing. You know, there's always that, I feel like a couple of crazy people that like, geez, I mispronounced a word and they're giving me a one star. My word. <laughs> Hope you're perfect over there. But for those of you who've left a five star and a detailed review, I appreciate it. I know it's not easy to figure out how to do that on the app. So if you do that, take a screenshot of it and send it to me on Instagram so I can personally thank you. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. If you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash the Shalene Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shalene.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.